Welcome to this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church. Today we have a message that we believe is full of practical and relevant behavioral teaching from God's Word, the Bible. We'd like to invite you to grab a piece of paper and a pen. Take notes as you go through this looking for a personal application from God to you. Sit back and enjoy as we begin this message. Thank you, Pastor Barry. Um, actually, uh, everything from the close of worship on was a great lead-in for this. As a matter of fact, I think you kind of gave half my message already. So uh, if you hear some redundancy in there, I apologize for that. Um, it is the Holy Spirit, and the moving of the Holy Spirit is a great thing. And it's great when you can experience it and when you can see it. As I was able to a couple weeks ago, um, Labor Day... Carmen and I were sitting out in the patio, drinking a cup of coffee, just relaxing, like we like to do. When we, that's the only time we can get is on the weekends, uh, early in the morning. So we get that coffee and we sit out there and relax. So as we're sitting there, it hit me. I said, you know what? I got to speak in two weeks and I really have no idea <laughs> what I'm going to speak on. Um, True confession time there. So I really don't know. Well, God thought it was time for him to intervene a little bit. So uh, if you want to go ahead and bring that picture up. Bacon. So later that morning, I'm outside cooking bacon, which I love to do. I love to be able to, to cook outside. Um, matter of fact, if my wallet ever catches up with my heart, I'm going to get me an outdoor kitchen some way, somehow, so that I can spend more time doing that. But in the meantime, I use the tools that, that God has provided me. So have a nice little outdoor propane griddle there, and I'm out there cooking bacon. You see my cup of coffee there. Uh, just to the right, you might be able to make out kind of a beige cover. That's the cover of my big green egg. I use that later in the day. Uh, did some, uh, some grilling. That's what I love to do. I love to be able to sit outside and do that. And then God kind of spoke to me and said, this is something you enjoy. This is... A sweet spot for you. And that's what the title of the message is, is finding your sweet spot. That's what God gave me. He said, we need to get others to understand, find out what their sweet spot is, what it is that gets them to um, to want to serve. What is the gifting that God gave them? And Pastor Barry talked about that earlier. And we're, that's what we're going to get into. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 in a little bit. About how God has given something to each one of us. And we just got to, sometimes it's hard, though. We got to find out what it is. Now, sometimes when we hear the term sweet spot, you know, I know we got a lot of sports fans here. In baseball, you'll hear that term a lot, sweet spot, when a batter, you know, he connects with that pitch just right. I mean, you can hear the sound, and you watch that ball fly, and the announcers will say, well, that caught the sweet spot, you know. Um, actually, <clears throat> a number of years back, I was playing in a softball league, and had an opportunity to really catch one on the sweet spot. I was uh, playing in the McDonnell Douglas League. That's how far back it was. It was still McDonnell Douglas. wasn't Boeing then. Uh, we were playing in Bridgeton. I don't even know if they still call it B-Mac, but it was Bridgeton Municipal Athletic Complex. 
And that pitch came in, and everything worked just right. I caught that ball, and it carried and carried and carried out to the edge of the parking lot. And I, and as I came around, kind of proud of myself, uh, <laughs> as I came around, I crossed the plate. My teammates alternated between congratulating me and then having a little fun at my expense. They wanted to poke some fun. The biggest joke was you had to have got that in a jet stream somewhere. Because there's no way, <laughs> there's no way you did that. <laughs> that had to, there had to be some weather anomaly there that caused that ball to, to carry out there. But it was more than just catching it right on the bat. That was just a part of it. There was, the pitch had to be in the right spot. I had to catch it in the right spot. My swing had to be just right. Everything, so I don't have, I'm not one who has a lot of, never had a lot of arm strength, but I've always had good leg strength. You know, so getting that drive in my legs and the hips turning and you didn't know you were going to get a batting lesson, but you know, everything, we should get Dylan up here to give this, uh, everything in there to, you know, just going into that swing and, and it connected and it all worked together to create that home run. We are all gifted in a way to create something wonderful, to create the ability to reach others for God. To be a part of a greater story. And that's what we're going to look at today is that, that gifting and trying to understand the importance of finding out what our sweet spot is. So as I said, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've got a lot of verses to read. Don't worry, we're not going to get uh, into a theological breakdown of each verse. So um, you don't have to worry about that. But we're going to pick it up in verse 4. It says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same... Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who does the work in all of us. And actually, our, a lot of our worship songs this morning that we sang talked about that. It really called that out, that there's a difference, but it all comes from the same God. The same Spirit is the source of all that. There are many ways to serve God, but we're serving the same God. Uh, verse 6 was one that really, I'll be honest with you, it took me a long time for that to really sink in where it says God works in different ways. Because sometimes, you know, we get used to, you know, we worship the same way. And if there's something that's a little different than that, then sometimes we basic we think of that as not being right, quite honestly. Sometimes it took me a while to, you know, I can remember being in churches where, you know, it's, it's, there started to be that change over from the hymns over into choruses and how resistant, like the church I was in, how resistant folks were to that change. Um, thinking that those can't be right. They're not hymns. They're not coming out of the hymn book. Like, you know, there's no way that I can honor God. People raising their hands in worship. I was not a hand raiser. And the best way to get me to not raise my hand was to tell me to raise my hand because I was for sure not going to do it then. I was going to sit like this. But over time, it finally hit me that people are just using different expressions and ways of worshiping God. I love the, uh, there's a, Tim Hawkins does a, uh, a thing about hand raising, and if you ever get a chance to maybe Google it or something, it's quite it's quite funny. 
the different, you know, you got the two hands. You got one hand. You got some people kind of like this. You got finger pointers. You know, you just all kinds of different ways, uh, you know. But it's all worshiping the same God. And that's how people were moved in, in that way. Um, I was watching a, um, a video um, from a passion conference. And seeing 60,000 plus 18 to 25 year olds just sitting there as you have these Christian artists on stage. And that was the other thing too. It was more than, you know, there wasn't one group that said we're, we're the ones that have to do this. There were multiple groups offering the talents that God gave them to be a part of that. And then seeing those young people just, just totally sold out on worshiping God. So we went six years ago. We took uh, Eli and Bella to their first Toby Mac concert. As I told you, we all love Toby Mac, and it was at and I'm going to call it Riverport Forever. I don't care what it's called today, <laughs> uh, but at Riverport Amphitheater. And actually, the way they did it was kind of unique in that they did not sell any lawn seats. Everything was you had to be in a seat. So we were all under the canopy in a seat. So a more intimate type of setting for a very loud concert. <laughs> um, so besides Toby Max, I said we love Toby. And even that, so with Toby Mac, you know, when he was part of DC Talk, I can remember years ago going to Six Flags and seeing uh, DC Talk was there. Earlier in the day, Stephen Curtis Chapman was there, and that was when Stephen Curtis Chapman was very young, very popular, very safe. So we went and watched Stephen Curtis Chapman. I can remember some other folks asking us if we were going to stay for DC Talk. No, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to watch DC Talk. That's a little, a little too much for me, you know. Um, you know, and it, again, it took me a while to realize that those guys had a message just the same as Stephen Curtis Chapman did. So when we were at that Toby Mac concert, it was Toby Mac, Lecrae, <coughs> excuse me, Lecrae, who's a Christian hip hop guy, um, there was Skillet, so Skillet's hard, rock, flames jumping off the stage, you know, and everything. Um, and there were several other groups as well. There were six different groups there. And then as I left that, I was thinking, you know, maybe not all of that music was something that necessarily appealed to me. But every one of those artists that got up there on stage, besides singing, because I have been to Christian concerts where all they do is perform. And they really don't take the time to share about Christ. Every one of those artists there shared the message of Christ as part of that evening. And I said, that's what they, because they can reach an audience and not everybody can reach. And that, <clears throat> excuse me. And that's what is so important is to understand why we have to understand the different gifts that are used. So verse seven, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's the part that we have a hard time accepting is that everybody sitting in this room right now, everybody that's watching on the camera who's going to be watching maybe later, every one of us has a gifting from God. Um, We actually had an interesting conversation in the car uh, yesterday, Carmen and I did with Bella. And she started trying to compare herself to her friends. And things they could do, and she didn't think she could do anything. And we're like, no, you have this gift. You have that gift. You have gifts. Everyone has a gift. And it is so important for us to 
to find out, to understand that, number one, and to find out what it is. And when we start in verse 8, he starts to break down the gifts. And the one thing we're going to see right away, and we're going to talk about it's important, is not everybody has the same gift. <clears throat> to one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, this one Spirit gives the gift of healing. <clears throat> he gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. So what's important to take from that is not necessarily diving into what the different gifts are. It's the fact that there are many different gifts that God gives and he gives one to each one of us. And the thing is, again, it comes from the same spirit. And he knows who's best to give you the gift that you need. He gives you the gift that you have. He's the one that starts, as we're going to see, putting those pieces of the puzzle together. Verse 12, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. <clears throat> Some of us who are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. It's okay that we're different. It's okay that we're unique. Because that all still comes from the same God. And that is what, it, you know, it's, that is the, you know, thing that is, the two things that come out of this today that are very important is every one of us has a gift. And that, <coughs> I am so sorry. And that same gift, um, thank you, Pastor Mike. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. And that same, that, all those gifts come from the same spirit. Verse 14 says, yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. So again, just because you're different from somebody else doesn't mean you're not a part of that body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, what would that make? Would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? <clears throat> or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell something? Our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. God puts the pieces of the puzzle together. He knows how to best make it work. <clears throat> how strange a body would be if it had only one part. Can you imagine? Yeah, you talk about it. If everything was an eye, if everything was an ear, you become very limited in what you can do. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. <clears throat> Variation is good. We need the different parts in order to function as, as one, as a whole. 
you know, one thing, you know, so later on in life, we had some, we had a number of challenges, my brother and I did in our relationship with our father. But one of the things I really appreciate about him, appreciated about him early in life, and I think I've shared this before, is how he found something in common with my brother and I. With me, it was sports. We would be outside playing catch for hours, watching games, talking sports. Something we could share together. Now, my brother could have cared less about sports. So what could they do? Well, for them, it was interest in hunting, interest in guns, interest in things outdoors. Um, when we moved out to St. Peter's and had a little bit of land, my brother wanted some horses. So that was something that they shared. He, they found, he found something he could share with each one of us so that he could have a relationship with each one of us so we could stay together as one. And that can be applied to serving God. Again, we are all so different. And yet, we're all needed for that common cause. So a number of years ago, when I, I first, a uh, uh, previous church I attended, <clears throat> we started going there. And I had a relationship with the folks at the church, which was good. You know, a prior relationship with some of the folks. And... um When we got there, one of the things that we noticed was, so this was kind of a, I'll say, a, kind of an old school Baptist church. And you had, in the adult Sunday school group, you had two groups divided by age. And then within those two groups, you had a men's class and a women's class. So I went to the adult Sunday school director. I said, you know, you got a gap here. You need to have a couple's class. He goes, well, if we're going to have it, you're going to have to teach it. That I got no problem with that. That's fine. But it's something you need because there's going to be people who may come and, you know, visit the church. And maybe that couple in Sunday school wants to be together. They don't want to be separated. You know, they may be, you know, where one's a newer Christian, one's a more mature Christian, but they want to stay together. Whatever it is, they may want to stay together and not be separated. And you need to have that. So we started that class, and quite honestly, it ruffled a few feathers because people from the other classes thought I was trying to steal from their classes. I said, I don't care if they come to my class or not. <laughs> that's not what my intent is. Now, if they come in there, great. I love it. Yeah, I love it, you know, but that's not what my intent is. My intent is to provide an avenue for someone who may be more comfortable in that type of an environment. And I'll be honest with you, the first few weeks were pretty rough because there was nobody else in there. <laughs> but then a gentleman came in whose wife was uh, our pianist, and he refused to go to Sunday school class. But when he found out they could come in together, he started coming. And then as some folks started visiting the church, that was something, you know, again, we weren't forcing them. They had the choice, but they was something where they chose to stay together as a couple. And it started to grow. And then as that class started to grow, then those people that came in started being used in other areas of the church. And they actually kind of would apologize to me sometimes about leaving. I go, no, 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 no. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what the intent is. So it's good to have differences because we're all, we're all again working towards that same purpose. And if a church does not fully utilize the gifts that are within it, 
it narrows the reach that it has, and it's not going to be as successful. And again, the key is there are many parts, but all, the word all, all are needed for a church to be able to advance that message and accomplish the great things. Uh, verse 22 says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothed with the greatest care. So God has put the body together that's such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. I love how in my in my study Bible, so so this is my the Bible up here, this is my Sunday Bible. <laughs> the one that I can bring and it's not falling apart. My study Bible is the one that's falling apart, so it's hard to transport, but I love in the in the footnotes of my study Bible for these verses it says Too often the upfront gifts like speaking or teaching are more highly regarded than the behind the scenes gifts like helping and serving. And it is so true. We tend, and Pastor Barry actually talked a little bit about this last week. We tend to place importance on the upfront, the people we see, the people that are there every week, the people we see. And we miss out on honoring those who do all the work behind the scenes. Um, so I was preparing for the uh, men's retreat that's coming up in a few weeks. I was watching a, a John Gray video. And he said, we need to um, honor those that don't get the applause. Because what they do is just as important. As a matter of fact, what this pastor is saying is more important. I hate to say this, Pastor Barry, but that's more important than what you're doing up here sometimes. Because without that stuff going on behind the scenes, it doesn't happen. You know, Um, as I said a few months ago, preparing for the men's retreat. There are two people that I would just die without having support me for the work that needs to be done on that retreat. One of them back there is Travis. I'm abusing Travis right now. Let me tell you with, uh, uh, you know, we do see the men see Travis up front when he's putting the videos in as we're watching them and that, but they don't know what I'm putting him through right now to try to get all this material pulled to go into the videos. It's, you know, matter of fact, he's, he said, this one's really kill, you know, I got, I said, I gave him a disc last week that probably had at least, what, 10 separate cuts on it to, <laughs> I said, I need you to make this into one, okay? And it, it's, it's a challenge for him, but he's working through it. But that's the kind of stuff that goes on that we don't know as we're sitting there watching that. When the men are sitting there watching that in three weeks, they don't know all the hard work he had to do just to make that happen. Every year, on the retreat, we provide a booklet for the men. And the booklet may have some questions or it'll have some note spots and that type of thing. It'll have the schedule, a different breakout. It's just a nice, comprehensive booklet. Cindy Pate puts that together for me. And all I do is I give her kind of the vanilla, here it is, make something out of it. And she does. And she makes something amazing out of it. We can't... We can't function unless we're all working together. And that's what this is so important. And we have to look at what's happening behind the scenes as well as what we see up front. Verse 25 says, This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. When we recognize the value of all the parts... 
then we experience joy together. And if someone's suffering, we experience that together too so that we can go and we can try to lift them up. Again, it's all about being part of one. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles. Second are prophets. Third are teachers. Then those who do miracles. Then those who have the gift of healing. Then those who help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. And those who speak in unknown languages. So it starts to kind of give a breakout of all the different gifts. But the great thing is, it's all a part of an amazing whole. And it all comes together and serves as one. Great things can be accomplished. Verse 29, this is where it really gets good. It says, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in an unknown language? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Sometimes we get maybe a little jealous. Maybe we don't have one of those upfront gifts, and we want to have one of those upfront gifts, so we try to make that happen. We want to try to be something that God did not intend for us to be. And we're not successful when we do that. We miss the mark. Um, several months ago, Chris Weber contacted me and he goes, Hey, did you, uh, did you used to go to Oak Ridge Baptist Church? I said, Yes, I did. He said, So Chris and I think Randy Schubert was with him. They were, uh, cleaning out a vacated home. He said, I found something with your name on it. He goes, I'll bring it to you and show it to you. I said, okay. He brings it to church the next week. Is this bulletin? Well, actually, it was a Bible that the lady had left behind, and then it was this bulletin. So in the bulletin, it says, Testimony and Song, Mike Alexander. Yes, there was a time where I thought, I was going to be, a, I was going to sing. Going to sing for folks. And I hid a little bit behind that testimony and song thing, you know. To, well, because, and you all know, and I've mentioned this many times, how much music is a part. Worship music and that is so, so much of what reaches me. I'll share many times, I'll share lyrics from a song as part of a message. So I thought, well, hey. I got this opportunity, you know, and, and it's not that I've never, you know, I like saying in choir and youth choir, adult choir in church, uh, you know, and uh, did a chorus class at school way back in the day. Oh, yeah, so I'll, I'll give that a shot. It took me a while, but I realized as a as a singer, I was a better teacher. So um, I finally gave that up because I knew that was not my sweet spot, folks. Um but we, we do. We, we sometimes want to try things because it may interest us or whatever. But that's not, that's not the puzzle piece that God made us to be. And that's why it's so important, again, that we have to understand 
and take the time to try to learn what our sweet spot is. Um, one, of, uh, one of the things that, um, in our last men's retreat, the theme was be a superhero. And we had a lot of fun with that. Um, but part of the thing was to help us understand that there was, uh, there was a superhero locked within each one of us. There is something in us that can do great things if we let it out, if we unleash it. Now, even superheroes have their limitations, and that's what we kind of sometimes struggle with. We, we see as superheroes, they can do all things, but, you know, for you uh, Marvel fans, you know, the Avengers work much better as a whole than they do individually because individually they have weaknesses. Um, if you're a DC fan, you know, the Justice League works better as a whole than individually because they can support one another and cover up the weaknesses of another. Um, if you saw the uh, the Justice League movie, um, Ben Affleck was Bruce Wayne slash Batman, and he's out building his team, trying to kind of team. And he comes to Barry Allen, who's the Flash, young man who's the Flash. So as he's kind of laying out what he wants to do, and the team he's trying to build, and they get in his car, you know, his fancy, expensive car, and, and Barry says, Barry Allen says, what's your gift? He goes, I'm rich. I'm going to finance all this, you know. <laughs> I can finance the stuff. You know, and that's always the big argument, is Batman a superhero or not a superhero because he doesn't have a superpower, you know. But um, but he understood. He understood what his what his role was. My role is I I can provide financing for the things that we need to do to make this happen, and that's why I'm out trying to build a bigger and better team to find out the folks who can fill the gaps that we have. And so in verse 31, when it says finding that most desirable gift, the most desirable gift is the one that you are given to help the body advance the message of Christ. But again, it doesn't do any good if you don't put it into action. So we're going to jump over to Romans 12 real quick. Starting in verse 4. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is encouraging others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it. Gladly. You gotta take that gift. It's not enough to have it. You gotta put it into action and do it well. Pastor Barry, you just talked about that a few moments ago at the end of uh, the close of worship. Do it well. Do it to the best of your ability. If you have a gift and you just sit on it, it does no good. It is no good at all. Last year, uh, Pastor Barry and I were going to a Cardinal game. One of those Thursday afternoon, you know, businessmen special things. So Pastor Barry came by and picked me up at the house. And he said, do you mind if we ride with the top down? I said, well, my rule is if a man has a convertible and he doesn't have the top down, it should be taken away from him. (laughs) 
You don't, matter of fact, I hope you had that down yesterday. I hope you have it down today. Okay, okay. <laughs> what good is a convertible if you're not going to put the top down? Right? Might as well just have any old hard top there. If you have a gift, use it and use it to the best of your ability because it is of no good if you're just sitting on the sidelines. So as we come to a close, and I have a, a video I want to share with you. So those of you who know me well know if I have a point I really need to go across, you know where I go to. You know who my go-to guy is? Louis Giglio. I have a, and actually you touched on this again a little bit at the close of service. Uh, I want you to listen to this message from, from Pastor Louis. Made things have purpose. Made things imply a maker. And when you imply a maker, you imply that there was a reason why I set the process in motion to deliver the result of the thing that I have created. And so as we began to back up into the truth of who God is and to plant correctly into our minds, I have a purpose. My life matters and has purpose. We know this because we are made. And we understand, as we've said many times at Passion City Church, I am not random. I am not accidental. I am not incidental. And I'm not expendable. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Which means... There is an assignment for me on planet earth and a reason for me to breathe the air of God's creation. And there is a lane for me to run in and something for me to do. There is a cause for which I was born and there is something noble about my contribution to this planet called earth. I have a purpose. We all have a purpose. We are made. And we have a purpose. So the challenge is to go and find out what it is that God has given you. What is that sweet spot? And if you know what it is already, the challenge is start using it if you're not using it. So that, as Pastor Bates, we can continue to start filling these chairs. Not to say that we have a full auditorium, but that we can, are continuing to spread that, that message of Christ. For those of you who are watching, um, to be able to just share with your neighbors, you know, some of you, you know, some of you who are watching are not from here. So, and we we love having you on. So it's sharing with your neighbors, trying to get them to grow. Maybe on Sunday mornings you start having them. You kind of start having your own little gathering, and you sit down and watch St. Charles River Church. Find a way to get the message out. Find out what your gifting is, what your sweet spot is, and then to scope, begin to put it into play. Father, we thank you for the fact that we are made. You made us, and you made us to have a purpose here. To serve us, as Pastor Lisa, a noble cause. And as we read in 1 Corinthians, to do the, the great thing, which is to, the best thing that we can do is to work together to spread your word, Father. And so I pray for everyone here who is, um, either here uh, in the facility or watching online. 
pray that this message will sink into their hearts and they will begin to examine what it is that they can do to advance your kingdom, Father. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you found this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church both beneficial and enjoyable. If you're ever in the area, please come by and visit us. You can also reach us online at www.stcharlesriverchurch.org.